0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big night of European football for Rangers. A 3-0 win on the night at Ibrox means Giovanni van Bronckhorst's men will now take on PSV Eindhoven for a place in the Champions League group stages. Celtic's Josip Juranovic is rumoured to be attracting interest from the English Premier League and Dundee United get ready to defend their 1-0 first leg lead away to AZ Alkmaar tomorrow. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy. Big night Highbrooks last night, Jim. Yeah, absolutely fantastic result. It's not Rangers' most exhilarating performance, um, but in terms of getting the job done, uh, outstanding. Um, you know, scoreline three nothing, and I think they, they they showed the true Rangers after the the, the first leg, and to have this uh, huge match coming up now against PSV, um, it'll be a magnificent occasion. And the fans getting all the plaudits and rightly so for the support and the backing they gave the players. The players all saying and the manager all saying they they, they drove them onto that success. Yeah, no, absolutely massive result for them and you know, it'd be fantastic again if Rangers can go through the next round to have you know, our two biggest clubs in the Champions League. Um, it's only going to improve our league. The more money they get from European football, the better the player they bring in. 01419511025. I'm sure there are lots of Rangers fans out there who are either at the game or who watched at home who want to share their thoughts. So please do so. That is the number you need. What did you make of it? What were the big talking points? Who were... The standout players, what about any controversial moments? How does this set you up for a game against PSV Eindhoven to reach the Champions League group stages? Not the only topic in Scottish football today by any means. Uh, if you are on Twitter, transfer, rumour, watch, you will see Josip Juranovic's name being linked with the likes of Chelsea and Man United. Is it just silly season? Is there anything in it? Is that one you fear Celtic fans that could be lured away? Would it take a big fee to do so? Any Dundee United fans who want to get their thoughts in ahead of that away trip to AZ Alkmaar and anything else you've got for us, 0141 951 1025. Get a call in right now and speak to Jim Duffy and Marvin Bartley. And it's only week two of the season and already Livingston are surprising people Marvin Bartley Dundee United were supposed to be the hottest ticket in town they've beaten AZ Alkmaar they deserved it surely they were going to win a home game against your Livingston side and as always no other ideas <laughs> what a lot of disrespect within that <laughs> no listen it was a fantastic result for us um, as you said you know they're on a massive high from playing Thursday um, but one thing we spoke to the boys about is the fatigue that those players will be having, you know, mentally and physically. After having such a big result, you know, they got obviously AZ coming up again this Thursday. Could we take advantage of that? And, and the boys definitely did. Um, I'll say probably out with 20 minutes of the game, we controlled it. Um, and during that 20 minutes, obviously, you know, we kept a clean sheet and it was back to the walls for that 20 minutes, as I said. But you know, other than that, the boys are absolutely fantastic. And we didn't shock ourselves because we thought we could go there and get a result and we did just that but you know Livingston always shocking people and long may it continue right he's had his moment that'll be the last we speak of that between now and 8 o'clock 01419511025 or Twitter if you would prefer at Clyde SSB uh, but of course it goes without saying we like to speak to you on the phones and find out what is on your mind starting with obviously I don't think there's any surprise the night at Ibrox last night were you there? what was it like? what was the atmosphere like? what type of occasion? how Impressed were you with the performance? What about the the standout players? Because of course there are new signings in there. Some are starting to find their feet. Maybe you had some question marks over the starting eleven beforehand. All the usual post match questions. This is the place that we try and answer them. Oh one four one nine five one 
1025 um, Jim, whilst the callers get lined up What does it say about European Knights at Ibrox recently That a lot of people did feel like 2-0 was, was fine it, it was doable and are not overly surprised that Rangers got through Yeah, well, in saying that In their history, they haven't come back from a 2-0 victory yeah. until last night You know, so I think that, uh, you know, that shows you, uh, you know, how um, uh, you know important And how much of a momentous occasion it was and and you know, listen. There was an inexplicable penalty given away right before half time, and that just changed the whole tie. Uh, Rangers had dominated the game, uh, had one real clear chance or one really good header, uh, you know, from Kolach, which the keeper tipped over. But you know, they weren't peppering the goal, and you know, and the, and the crowd would have got anxious at half time. But thankfully, you know, from Rangers' perspective, you know, the full back decided to stick an arm out, and then James Tavernier does what, does what he does. And, uh, you know, as a calmness personified to stick away the penalty. And that just changed the whole complexion of the game. At halftime, uh, Giovanni Van Brocker's team talk would have been calmer, more relaxed. The players can go out and be much more relaxed the second half as well. They didn't have to go and rush it. They knew they would get one or two opportunities. And thankfully, that came their way. So, yeah, no, listen, I think it was a, a very, very disciplined performance from Rangers last night. Um, you know, it was a night and day performance from the first leg. And thoroughly deserved the three nothing victory, and uh, you know the opportunity to play PSV now. This is a bit of a theme that's developing with this Rangers team in Europe, Marvin. They don't necessarily have to get results away. In fact, the away results haven't been brilliant. Dortmund aside, with that sort of safe in the knowledge that they'll get the job done at Ibrox. Yeah, it must to be the way of it. Yeah, most definitely. You know, and, and as players, I can only imagine how confident they must be going and playing at Ibrox. You know, one year and I know the fans will be on their side, but. You know, they know they can go there and perform. And if they go there and perform, they can beat any team within Europe. Um, I think in the next leg against PSV, they actually play at home first. So, you know, they have to take massive advantage of that before going away from home. And it will, you know, offer a different obstacle. But I'm sure it's one of the players thoroughly believe they can, you know, deal with. Um, one thing for me that I think has been absolutely massive, and, you know, John McLaughlin didn't have a lot to do yesterday. But I know, you know, a few people saying he was at fault last week. And it was fantastic for the managers to come out and say, listen, we'll be playing against Kilmarnock. He went and did that and then he played again last night. So, you know, for them to go through, you know, to keep a clean sheet for him, I think would be a massive confidence boost. And, you know, I think Gio got it right as well tactically yesterday because the centre of the pitch, I think, was important in the first leg. And I think Rangers kind of got overrun there. But, you know, yesterday they got to grips with that and, you know, that's why they won out 3-0 winners. That's just a taster of what Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy made of it. But what did you make of it? Pick up the phone and let us know, Rangers fans. 01419511025. Where else do you do that? Let's hear from the Rangers manager, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Victory last night and, of course, a trip to his homeland to take on PSV in the next round. We needed a big performance and, uh, you know, the pressure was on us, of course, because of the um, defeat we had last week. Uh, we, we know we are capable in, 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 in delivering big nights for, for the club, but still you have to do it over and over again and... Um, that's why I'm so proud of my players, the way they played, with passion, with with desire, with fire to, to go to the next round. And that's the, the only way um, you have to be on the pitch to, to create the atmosphere we, we created today, you know, together with the fans. And um, yeah, again, it was an amazing night for all of us. 01419511025, that's the number Graham in Easterhouse has dialed. What's your point tonight for the guys, Graham? All right. How you doing? Yeah, not bad, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, I'm fine. I'd like to ask Jim, Jim, have you ever worked with a player or coached a player as consistent as James Tavenier? Good his question. numbers are through the roof, mate. Yep. Assists, goals and his running stats must be through the roof, I know. 
Yeah, well, Graham. Funny enough, as, as you were, you, you know, you just uh, you know came into my, uh, you know, read my thoughts actually in terms of James Tavernier uh, when Gordon mentioned Juranovic uh, earlier on that possibly that a number of clubs. I am absolutely baffled that no major English Premiership club have tried to buy James Tavernier. I know you don't want to lose him, of course you don't, but I'm just talking about his quality and his consistency. Is exactly what you said. His consistency at the top level over the last maybe two. Two and a half years or so. I mean, he struggled a little bit, you know, to win over the Rangers fans to start with. But I think that was because, you know, they hadn't won anything. But since, uh, you know, I say the last couple of years, I think that um, his his development as a player and as a captain has been nothing short of immense. I think his stats are just a different level. But his performance levels, he's a modern day fullback. His delivery, he's defensively, he's better as well. Um, it's just a. a, a all round a terrific player and as I said you know yeah I mean listen there are very consistent players um, but as, as you know when you're in the spotlight as much as the Rangers captain then you know you have to produce and if any little dip at all is exaggerated so all credit to him and as I said I think he's he's been he's been an absolutely outstanding uh, performer for Rangers and as I said I'm, I'm completely baffled as to why Someone hasn't come in. When you see the amounts of money they're throwing about down south, you know, for you know, for me, a lot less talented players than him, then you know, just completely confuses me. Yeah, no, I agree with Jim. You know, I think you know, James Tavern has been absolutely unbelievable for Rangers. And you know, one thing I probably disagree with is that I reckon English teams have tried to you know get in communication with them, but I don't think. Where do you go now? I think thirty years of age, you know, playing at one of the biggest teams in Europe, if they can get into the Champions League. Um, you know, his family has settled up here. You know, unless you're going to a, maybe a top six team in England, you know, there's nothing really down there that could even be on the level of Rangers. You know, you look at other teams in the Premier League, and I'm not being disrespectful, but some of them, you know, are half the size of Rangers football. I club. think he's good enough for a top six team. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah. I think if I look at Man U and I look who they've got right back, he's better than their right back, in my opinion. You know, so, you know, that 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 kind of level, I, I, I have no doubts whether it be Arsenal, you know, Man U, any, I think he's more than good enough to go and play, certainly in the top half of the Premier League. And I get what you're saying, yeah, they may, they may well be happy and stuff like that, but, you know, normally you would know mm. if somebody's come in with a bid and if they yeah. just turned it down, fine. And certainly from, from the, the media mm. aspect, there doesn't seem to have been a, it has concrete, been quiet, hasn't it? a concrete bid for him. Um, yeah. I mean... Graham, I don't know if this is on the back of the stat that's been doing the rounds today about total goal contributions. I don't know if you've seen it since the 2017-18 season. And uh, you know, it kind of rhymes off like Erling Haaland and Ronald mm-hmm. Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne. And James Tavernier's on that list with 147 goal contributions, so yeah. either goals or assists. Um, I mean, Graham, how, how do you sum up what he means to you then as a Rangers fan? These guys are sort of um, admiring from a distance, if you like. What do you make of them? I think that a leader amends me. I think he drives that team. See if a big goal came in and all. See if he goes forward, he's got a bit more cover. See before Gerard came, the players who were playing with one of that great and made him look quite bad. But see when he goes forward, I think big goals has been a big plus for him and all. Covers for him a lot. So he can go and date, but he's been absolutely immense. If Gerard came in up to now, he's been absolutely superb. That's a fair point because people always talk about 
his shortcomings at the start in terms of getting caught out defensively or whatever and there's this assumption that he is now much better at that but he's also playing in a better Rangers team now one that, that functions better that that must help well, it's a slightly different shape as well mm-hmm. I mean they, they, you know when when um, Stephen Gerrard was there he liked, he liked his, his wide, wide players to come in into that and almost like two tens he liked to play and allow the, the full backs to go really high really wide whereas you know, uh, under uh, Giovanni Van Brockhurst, the, the wider players tend to stay a little bit wide, so they're more supporting players, so they've not got as, as much risk defensively. But listen, you know, you, you mentioned there, the, the, the top clubs generally use that kind of money ball system for, for data and analysis when they're searching for players and they're looking for players. So those stats that you mentioned, mm. that that even baffles me even more when you see that, because if you're looking for the right back, that's the first thing you would look at, those type of numbers and then say, right, who is he? Where does he play? You know, and then, and then as Marvin said, yeah, maybe they might look and say, you know, we want somebody younger or whatever mm. it to be. But certainly, um, you know, in terms of the levels, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's as good as anybody. I mean, it's maybe a bit raw to remind you of what he can do from free kicks and penalties <laughs> and all the rest already. of it. We're only a couple of weeks on. But do we fall into the habit of sometimes thinking, oh, you know, it's as if it's, it's only a penalty? But how many times on, on the big stage and the big pressure European games? We were driving home the other night from the show. Gordon DL was in the car. He said, "You never know. This could be the one that he misses." But he just no chance. It just never feels like it's it's going to happen. Yeah, you have maximum confidence in him, and you know that shows that. Listen, it's easy doing it away at Livingston without being disrespectful to ourselves, you know. But doing it in the big games, you know, like last night, scoring a penalty kick when you know the pressure's on you. You know it's the forty-fifth minute. You know if you miss that. All of a sudden, the momentum swings to the other team. You know, the halftime team talk for them is a lot different. The halftime team talk from Gio is a lot different. So that's massive, massive pressure. And he deals with it. You know, he deals with it like he's playing down the park with his friends. And that shows a level of performance and, you know, how level headed he is as a player that he just goes, takes it in his stride. And he's been absolutely fabulous for Rangers. And, you know, long may it continue for them. Right, Graham. Thank you very much. That was Graham in Easterhouse. It was the captain that stood out for him. What about David and Pollock Shields, though? David, who's getting your praise? Hi Gordon, Jim, Marvin, thanks for having us again lads. Um I know uh, much better for last week. Um, my fear last week was kind of, you know, with all the new players coming in, it looked really flat. You know, they were, looked as if they were obviously sort of struggling to find their feet, you know, um, and, and, and get up to the pace of the game and all that. Uh, but last night, was, as you said earlier, uh, Gordon, it was night and day stuff, you know, and uh, the, for me it was a... You know, a good sort of all-round... You saw the old guys, the older heads, you know, Tavernier scores the penalty. It's our field shot that leads to Cholak's equaliser. It's Barisic's two crosses that lead to the penalty and the Tillman winner. Uh, but for me, uh, the two outstanding players on the night overall were, were Lawrence and Tillman, the two, two of the new guys. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Um, they made some mistakes early on but you could see them learning from it growing and, uh, and getting better as the game went on uh, Young Tillman I just think he's outstanding he's the one for me that's really hit the ground running at Rangers, uh, the new players that are for Rangers Yeah, no, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant he actually came on at half time against us and you could see the quality that he had and you know, I spoke to a couple of the Rangers players after and they said the things that he can do in training is absolutely unbelievable you know, there's no surprise. You know, with the background, obviously he has and the pedigree he does come with. But again, yesterday he was he was brilliant. There's no doubt about it. I think Scott Arfield helps a lot as well. You know, I know a lot of people say he doesn't get involved in a lot of the build up and stuff, but the runs he makes, you know, create space for these other players like your Tillmans and, and Lawrence to get on the ball. So, you know, it's a real team effort from them. Um, but there's no doubt about it. Tillman's a top top player and you know top young player at that. Something extra satisfying, Jim, about these moments when when your new players. Contribute in, in a massive game David and other Rangers fans I think 
on the back of last week, obviously, Kilmarnock, fine, you know, it was a win, but it wasn't one of them that sent everyone away amazed. So I think a lot of the calls early this week were waiting on that, whether, you know, coming of age moment, if you like, or a, a big performance from the new players where the fans really believe that oh, they've arrived and they're going to be, you know, going to have good seasons. Well, they probably get the first uh, taste of the, you know, an Ibrox atmosphere, which was really, you know, support right behind the players from the from the first whistle to the last whistle, and you know, and that, that that's got to spur you on. I mean, that's what they've signed to you know, for, for Rangers for to, to play in these type of nights, these massive European nights where the you know getting driven on by the fans, the demands of the fans, the expectations. You've got to be able to handle that if you're a Rangers player. And the likes of Lawrence is, is definitely you know a boy that seems to thrive on that. He's see him demand. In the ball, wanting the ball as Lundstrom does as well. Um, Tillman actually thought he had a relatively quiet match up until he, he moved into the central. I think he was much better in the central. Love scores a fantastic goal. Uh, but you can see even when he is wide, he's, he's just got so much confidence on the ball, so much creativity. But I, I definitely think he's better in one or possibly just off the striker as a 10 rather than the wide area. Um, but listen, that, that still gives him the options. And, you know, the, 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 you know, we're, we're losing Bassey and Aribo in particular. Um, you know, the Rangers strengthened their overall squad. But the likes of, for instance, when they've relied over the last couple of years on Kent and Morelis, and Kent actually had a poor game last night. Morelis only came on late in the mm -hmm. game. So I think that's a big improvement from Rangers' squad in terms of they're not as reliant on these two players. Still fantastic players and they will make a massive contribution, but they're not as reliant as they have been in the last couple of years. David, how does this set you up for PSV Eindhoven? A very different challenge, I'm sure. How confident are you of getting to the group stages? Um, I've for me, obviously, it's, it's a slight more of a downside for me that we've got to play the home tie first. You know, it's uh, they're a team that also they, they've got used to coming back from behind. They've shown great qualities and, and fighting qualities in that regard, uh, and they're a team that knows how to uh, find their way to goal. You know, they've got they've got a manager who's one of the the greatest goal scorers in European history. You know. Um, and uh, ah, it's going to be a totally different challenge. But uh, oh no, I'm, I mean I'm always confident, you know, based on what happened last season. You know, and maybe gave us a chance against Dortmund to look at what we did over there. You know, so I'm always confident. You know, but obviously you can never tell. But no, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I think on this one, mere this season, I, I just think because PSV are a they're a different beast, they're a different animal. You know, and the, as I say, they've got the the fighting quality so even if they lose the first couple of goals or whatever they'll no, get, they'll no panic about that because they know that they're, uh, they're good at going forward and scoring goals themselves you know yeah it should be a tougher challenge you would have to think knocking out Monaco last night as well on the other hand can Rangers benefit from being further on in their season by then whether it's you know a fitter Alfredo Morelos a fitter Ryan Kent a Tillman and Lawrence and whoever else have then played even more minutes and trained even more with their team most definitely, you know, I think Rangers will obviously be respectful of them because, you know, they don't get to this kind of stage if you're any mugs of the Champions League qualifiers. But you have to look at last season when Rangers beat Borussia Dortmund. You know, for me, Borussia Dortmund are a better team than PSV. There's no doubt about that. Um, yes, you know, as David said, Rangers prefer to be away in the second leg, but they're not. They'll deal with that. You know, Gio has been tactically spot on with everything he's done so far this season. Um, and he'll go into that game thinking exactly the same. You know, yes, he'll be respectful of them, but he also knows what his players can do. And the confidence within that group now has grown. No matter who plays, no matter who starts, 
you know, as Jim says, you know, Tillman is better narrow, but you know, he started the game wide and he, and he still put in 100% effort. And that's all you can ask from your players. But when they do go into their preferred positions, can you impact the game? And that's what he did yesterday. And Jim will have a plan for playing at home and have a plan for playing away. But, you know, I think Rangers fans should be quietly confident that they can go through. I mean, the away bit will need to be a whole lot better, Jim. That's stating yeah. the obvious. But you can understand why last night gives that that feel good factor, that confidence. You just want to go there uh, with an opportunity to to fight for for the the place in the Champions League. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's such a a huge uh, financial benefit, but also in terms of your re- your European reputation, your status is that's what players want to play, and they all want to play that. That's the same for both clubs. I think sometimes we obviously we're only focusing on Rangers, but PSV are exactly the same sure. ambitions. But you know, for me at Ibrox, it's Im- absolutely imperative. That, they're still in the, you know, the, you know, say that one of the most common phrases is still in the tie. Even if they draw, it's it's, it's, it's it's fine. You know, as long as you're not behind and you're having to chase the game there, I think that's important. So I think if Rangers draw or win, then it's up to it's up to them to the PSV to chase the game. And I think Rangers are probably will get into the game slight underdogs, and 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 most. European eyes even though that of their success last year and sometimes that, that, that can help and, and Rangers won't have to force the game quite as much I don't think as they maybe had to do mm. uh, against Union so you know, I, I think that um, it's a 50-50 uh, call and you know hopefully um, from a Rangers perspective that they you know they, if they get anywhere near their best they're more than capable of getting through David you're a good man thank you for calling so what have we had Tillman, Lawrence, Tavernier they've been singled out for Praise anyone else that deserves a mention or you want to add your sentiments, so one four one nine five one one oh two five. Great time to call. You could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley is here, Jim Duffy is alongside him, and they're waiting on you to get in touch. So don't let them down, 0141-951-1025. You can tweet as well at Clyde SSB, of course, after a night uh, like last night. Lots of reaction coming in to the Rangers game at Ibrooks. But if there's anything else that's on your mind, now is the place to share it. So get your thoughts in. You can tweet, like I said, as well at Clyde SSB. Uh, Ryan Clark Kent is full of praise for Malik Tillman. Says, cracking player, bags of talent and quality. And a lovely lad as well. Spoke really well after the game. Not often we get nice, polite... Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's only 20 isn't he Young blood as well mm-hmm. Malik Tillman Every bit as good as Kent Or Jota Fantastic movement Ability Football brain Only 20 You can tell he's going to be Massive player uh, May as well wire Bayern Munich That transfer fee just now Because mm-hmm. he's staying He says at Clyde SSB What about the phones then Crawford is in Paisley Anyone in particular You think deserves a bit of a Praise A bit of a mention From last night Crawford Hi Plano How are you doing um, yes, uh, without doubt, the skipper. The guy is the best right back in Europe. He's the best right back in wow. Europe, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it, last week after the the result against Union in the first leg, like on social media, you know, you know what it's like. Rangers and Celtic fans, well, patience is not something that we give ourselves as a luxury. You know, we want instantaneous results. I think seeing what's happened last night, you know, like Cholak was getting absolutely slated last week, absolutely slated, no invention up front, blah, 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 blah. I think he's just a different type of player that needs a bit of service, you know, and you saw that last night, he was in the right place. You want your number nine right in between the sticks, right in the goalkeeper's face, and that's what he did, you know, but um, just, I, I think the patience thing is, it's crazy that, you know, as fans of, 
Rangers that we we slate these players straight away. You know, need to give them a wee a wee bit of time. I know it's not always a luxury afforded when we're straight into Europe straight away. But um, you know, I I think the boys deserve a bit of praise. I think it was a fantastic display last night. Even Sands, who had been getting absolutely powered last week, I thought Sands was great. He maybe had a couple of wee stray balls, but um, he looked really solid. I think. And in the coming weeks, I think we're going to be unstoppable. The best right back in Europe. You know we have to revisit it, Crawford, because <laughs> I'm all for I'm all for backing the players that play here. I'm all for backing your own team. But that's a big statement. You're you're going to need to revisit it and talk me through it. You t- you tell me a right a right any right back in Europe that's got better stats than James Tavernier. Oh, the stats are magnificent. I wouldn't doubt that. Is he the best in Europe, Marvin? Answer the man. <laughs> Listen, Crawford's very, very happy after yesterday and he's speaking positively about his captain. I love it. But Crawford, one thing I can't agree with you. Yeah, I cannot agree with you (laughs) over him being the best right back in Europe. He's a very, very good right back. He's your right back. He's your captain. He's your leader. So uh, I'll just leave it at there. I don't agree that he's the best right back, but he's a very, very good right back. To be fair, Jim is full of praise as well, Crawford. He's got him, you know, been able to play for a top six side in England. So he's... With you up to a point, is he the best right back in Europe? No, I don't think he's the best right back in Europe. But I, I mean, I think that he's he's one of the 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 best. I, I don't I don't uh, doubt that. I mean, I'm, I'm not you know privy to you know the top the top players that are playing in France or Spain or Germany. So I I, I couldn't just come out with a, a statement if I'm I'm not aware. If, I, if I'm just comparing them with, as I said to you, some of the guys down south, obviously in terms of over the last couple of years Trent Alexander-Arnold's been phenomenal for, for Liverpool and stuff like that and, and depending again you know where you you know which players you like there's a number of guys we could we could mention there but you know just for him alone he's, he's an outstanding player as I say his consistency levels but you know I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here next to Marvin and Marvin's not, not that long giving up the, the, the play and he's, he's with a club at Livingston fans nowadays have to take a breath before they start criticising players because it's got such a massive impact on them now. Because most players, ninety nine point nine percent, are on social media, and when you're getting a deluge of um, criticism, and sometimes way, way over the top criticism, imagine how it would affect you if you're in any other profession. So why wouldn't it affect you if you're a player? And I just think, as I said, whether you're a, a Rangers player, obviously it means it's the, the magnitude is more. You know, you're multiplying it by tens of thousands. But you know, it's so over the top now and uh, you know Crawford uh, is exactly right you know give give players a little chance if you have a bad game you have a bad game but the, you know this volume of criticism immediately after last week's game you know just absolutely hammering everybody left right and centre and then this week those same people then apologise for those those mm-hmm. comments because they're two legged affair remembered so you know <laughs> over the two legs Rangers won 3-2 end of story into the game against PSV and I just think at this moment in time, the criticism is just becoming too severe and just too much. Mm. Like Kolach, he's a he's a, young, a a guy coming from a different country to uh, you know playing in a, a different style of football with a new team who's got some other new players. He scored a couple of goals already. He had two opportunities last night. One to keep it a great save. One he's a, he's an instinctive uh, striker. He is different from Morelos, you know. But that's Rangers needed that other option. Uh, and you know there's a number of players that just need a little bit of time and I just think that uh, you know Rangers fans are getting all the plaudits just now and rightfully so for the the atmosphere created at Ibrox but social media 
I think is a different thing entirely. And I think the, the Rangers, the positive Rangers fans, have to be as loud as the negative ones when it comes to social media. So let me get this straight. Crawford has Cholak. He seems to have done it quicker than most. So in three weeks, he's gone from whipping boy, uh, and he's completed the turnaround. And now people are praising him. That's that's not bad going, is it? It's not bad going at all. But it's you know it's the, the kind of fair weather fan thing that oh, it's all doom and gloom the minute somebody does anything wrong. But you know when they're doing right, they're all all praise for him the last thing I would say before uh, obviously we're done is good to have Morelos back I mean the wee man comes on against Kilmarnock scores a goal who else would have done that but him you know out for that amount of time comes straight in bang he just looks sharp you know he's obviously lacking a wee bit of match fitness but uh, absolutely delighted to have the Buffalo back as to be said yeah, I mean, obviously that was the he's the headline act. It'll take a long yeah. time for that to change. I think in that attacking area of the pitch, is Cholak starting to make it a bit less disastrous if if Alfredo Morelos is not available? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I really do think he is doing that, and I agree with Jim. You know, um, footballers are criticised far too quickly, um, and and I used to get it as a player. Listen, and, and it happens, and sometimes I just say to the fans, "Well, what can I do to be better than?" And then you'd never get a reply. <laughs> you would never get a reply. Just like, you're rubbish, you're this, you're that. But in terms of the centre-forward position, yeah, he's definitely a different option. Um, he requires different service, there's no doubt about that. But I think you're going to see the best out of Morelos now that he has another striker that knows can take his place. I think, you know, any centre-forward, any attacking player, when you've got somebody else within the squad who can do things differently to you, but they're also scoring goals, you know, you're going to up your game. And this will only work uh, for Rangers fans in a positive manner. So, yes, it's great to have him back. Now Rangers don't have to rush him. The amount of times that he's came back from injuries and they've had to rush him in because they've had no other options. I think they have another option now, especially domestically, who can go out there and, you know, lead the line for them. Yeah, the last two months of last season when Morelos was injured, asking the Rangers, would you rather have Kolach in your squad? Absolutely. If he had been in there, he may well have won um, Europa League, you know, by having a natural centre forward rather than play like a Rebo and yeah. Marfield and you know, false number 10, uh, first number nines, etc. So I think Rangers have strengthened in that area by the signing of Kolach. And I think he's proven a, a you know a really good penalty box striker yeah. different but a, a really good penalty box striker I mean just think if the goal against Livingston had stood then his the confidence would be even higher <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the stats would look even better yeah. definitely off those you were telling me that just before we came on yeah 100% offside but no listen he's in the right area isn't he and you know it's a fantastic finish and you know he's deemed offside but he's, as Jim said he's in the right areas he's a penalty box striker yes he doesn't get that involved in the build up play but you know I remember watching in, uh, in a pre-season friendly against Tottenham that he played in and I was, said to the gaffer you know this boy's definitely got a bit he definitely does and yes he does things differently but you can see what he's trying to do and once the Rangers players and the midfielders click with his runs and what he's trying to do he's going to score even more goals but you know, he's shown already it's two in his last two games Right Crawford you might have to agree to disagree on the Tavernier stuff but you've won them <laughs> over with your Cholak <laughs> praise let's thank Crawford for his time and bring in Jason who's in Castle Milk how are you feeling after that last night Jason? Uh, elated to be honest with you very elated uh, I've been taking my son to Ibrox we were on the third division and obviously trying to explain to him how we used to be a force to be reckoned to be in Europe. And obviously, with the troubles we've had in the last few years, he's not been able to see that. But I've always told him about like, there's nothing like being at Ibrox when that music comes on in the Champions League. And I was doing see my dad a day and he was telling me, I'm going to play that music because it's the final qualifying round. Yeah, I think once it gets to the playoff round, it becomes the sort of official UEFA bells and whistles. I think the badges on the sleeve and the, the Champions League music and, and all that sort of stuff... Um, that that's when it feels 
really real because you know you're one tie away from the group stages. Yeah, you can almost hear the, the buzz in Jason's voice, but imagine how the players are feeling as well. You know, what a massive, massive occasion that will be for absolutely everyone associated with Rangers Football Club. And like you say, hearing that Champions League music, you know, my mum's not a lover of football, but even she knows what that music means. And, you know, she knows it's a big game coming on when, when you hear that. But no, absolutely fabulous. And you know, to have it in the final, you know, playoff game is brilliant. But, you know, they would really love it in the group stage as well, maybe beyond. Yeah, but I think even for, for Jason was talking about his son. His son will have mm. never experienced mm. that, you know, uh, being a Rangers fan. As he's been brought up, um, you know, watching Rangers over the last few years, waiting in those type of moments coming up. You know, and I know it's not the official Champions League, but... To, to have that experience you know just it's something probably just a few a short few years yeah. ago they would never never have dreamt of that there was even a possibility of that happening so how old is your son uh, Jason? He's 15 See 15 so I mean the, the, you know that that's incredible you know what I mean that uh, you know he's, he's never had that opportunity so I just think that that's something that if he, he gets a taste of that again not that not that, it, not that uh, he, he wouldn't want yeah. to go to all the matches and all that kind of stuff but I definitely think that that gets the hairs in your arms standing someone up and the tingling can, the, you know the tingles go there so someone can uh, correct me if I'm wrong I'm sure when, when Motherwell mm. played Champions League oh, qualifiers oh, against Panathinaikos and it, it wasn't it wasn't the playoff but I mm. think they played it anyway yeah. <laughs> Really? Just stuck it warming on. up. Just, just, just to hear it. I'm sure that happened. Just get that um, on. I'm clinging on to You're it. Get someone I, in trouble for that, I, by I the way. Made it up. <laughs> um, but do you know what? Just to t- it's funny. Jason says, you know, taking his 15 year old, his now 15 year old, to the, the games down the divisions and pr- saying, no, I promise it, it wasn't always like this. This doesn't really work in radio. I'm going to try and explain something to you, Marvin. Jim Duffy, turn around and just face that door for me a second. Look at the back of Jim Duffy's head, Marvin Bartley. Mm-hmm. One t- one game, him and I got sent to Elgin against Rangers to cover a game down the divisions, and all they could do was give me a seat directly behind him. <laughs> now, we were having to talk to each other about who was playing and the teams and how the game was going, and I was just sat staring at the back of his head <laughs> for a full game. So, yes, the Champions League feels a it's bit It's a better look in the front of my head, well, believe me. I didn't want to say that. Uh, Jason, what, 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 what will that mean to you then, being able to share that with, with your son and that that sort of journey that you've been on and hear that music because I'm sure you've heard it before but it must have been a while well that's the thing Gordon like, it's, it'll not just be myself there'll be plenty of out there who've, who've lost folk now I lost my brother in 2013 and I'm pretty sure because I went to quite a lot of them that the last one I went to would have been with him uh, and like I say there'll be plenty of out there when that music comes on and we're at Ibrox again we'll be thinking the ones that don't barely hear anymore and regardless whether we make it through or not, it's a step in the right direction. And just to hear that Ibrox again is just going to be, it's going to be emotional for me anyway. So, what was your brother's yeah. name, Jason? Uh, Robert. I'm sure he'd have loved it. Thanks for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. That's what football does to you, Marvin. Magical. That's Honestly, it's magical for. to hear those stories and you know football and you know what it means to yeah, Jason. The memories, is, you yeah. know, going with your, your brother to the games and you yeah. know the, those emotions. They stay with you for life, and, yeah. then, and then you get it's like a you know that piece of music. Strange enough, people people oh, always go, well, we're on a radio station here, and, and music does evoke memories. But you hear that Champions League music to evoke those memories yeah. for for uh, Jason and his, his brother Robert. Uh, it just must Jason, be Jason. What's your son's name? Uh, his name's Jason, but it's called Jay. But can I just say before I go off, I just I want to thank my dad for taking me to Ibrox all the years when I was young and getting the experience at it, and I'm now passing it on to my boy. As long as he paid for you, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Jason. I hope you and young Jay enjoy the games when they come around. 01419511025. Seems like a good time to get some travel news. You could be up next, so why not pick up that phone? 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish Football's League Leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Marvin Bartley are here 0141-951-1025. You can tweet the show as well as always at Clyde SSB. Uh, but as I say every night, it's always good to share. Um, all the stuff with you on the phone So please try if you can Pick up the phone And let us know what you're thinking Either about the Rangers game last night Maybe Dundee United tomorrow Maybe something entirely different Celtic fans You're just sitting Waiting patiently For the Champions League to start How much are you looking forward To that? I suppose there's a bit of internet rumour uh, About Josip Juranovic today Is that something that interests you? Or maybe you've got a specific point For Marvin or Jim as well Pick up that phone And let us know Charles is in Greenock uh, What's your point tonight Charles? Oh, my, well my point's about Carry on last night And uh, just what happened In the end up I think uh, It's papering over the cracks Really isn't it I mean a lot of Rangers fans think they're, they're now A decent team And, and they turned it around By their good footbacks etc. It wasn't It was a minute of madness In the penalty box A moment of madness In the penalty box And then that referee What's the referee? He'll never, he'll never manage an a top flight game again. I can't believe that guy's made it at a Champions League level. The referee was honking, absolutely honking all night. So, but that's papered over the cracks in, in, in the Rangers team. They couldn't keep the ball. Now, any team that has a goal at Rangers this season is going to have success. They couldn't keep keep the ball at all. Anybody that got pressed, they gave the ball away. It was like a hot talk in the defence. They were rotten. Anybody that has a goal at Rangers is going to have success this year. I'm going to go all out on a limb, Charles, and say that you're not happy that maybe we could have two of our big clubs in the Champions League group stages, no? Oh, eh, listen, I get it. I get, I get the coefficient thing. I get all that, eh, the money thing. All right, because, listen, but, um, you know, there's a wee bit of schadenfreude and people, uh, you, you want to see your competitors uh, get beat down a wee bit. It's in as all. It's, it's part of human nature. That is, to be fair. I do get that. Um, is Charles... Over the top in his criticism of Rangers' performance, or yeah, well, I think he was more critical of the referee than I mean Rangers. Yeah, I, I said at the the very start of the program, um, Gordon. I don't think Rangers were brilliant, but you know they were more than good enough to win the game. And thoroughly deserved to win the game uh, and deserved to go through. They were by far the better team. Uh, I mean, uh, Rangers weren't the best, but they were they were far better than the opponents. That's for sure. And uh, the referee had. You know, there was the the the, the penalties going to do with him. That was just a you know a, a crazy moment from a, a player that happens in football. You know, the, the the it happens time and time again. You see inexplicable moments, and you think, what and happened there? And it was there? crazy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely. Yeah, but that's going to do with Rangers. Take advantage of it, and as Marvin has said earlier on, you still need that composure and a and a just before half time to change you know the atmosphere at half time for all the fans and everything and the manager and uh, Tavernier managed to do that the one big decision that the referee had was when he, he went to book um, James yeah. Hans and then the linesman obviously has been over to him and must have said listen we don't think that that is, is that, a, a I mean, Charles, what, what, what in particular did the ref get wrong it sounds like you think the ref was the reason that Rangers got through but what, what did he do wrong listen this is what I, he yellow the guy right mm. clear the guy and it was about it was going through his procedures, etc. He didn't know. He didn't know if he if he knew he'd read uh, a red yellow card at him. It'd have been yellow red the way they did it. Yellow red. He'd have got it. He's standing there keeping the booking, and then the words come over that he's made a mistake. So he's went over to his mate and he's going, right, "How am I going to rectify this?" I mean, you tell me that was a free kick. Do you think James Sands deserved to be sent off for that challenge, Charles? Oh, I, I never said that. I know, but I'm asking you. Oh. I, 
No. So, so the ref got it right then? No, 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 not at all, not at all. No, he never deserved to be sent, never deserved to be sent off, but he did deserve a card. Really? Aye. Marvin, that was the second yellow card, that, in which uh, cases he would have been, been off. Was yeah. that a yellow card worthy challenge from James Sands? No, I, I think Charles got it right um, before he got emotional again. That he, he was right; it wasn't a yellow card. Charles didn't think it was a yellow card, you know, or a second yellow card to get a player sent no, off. No, he does. No, but he said he didn't. He said he, oh, he no, didn't. He didn't think it was a street red. Yeah. Well, oh, so he thought it was a second yellow. Yes. No, I think I think the referee got the decision right. And don't don't get me wrong. There was a lot that the referee did yesterday that was very questionable. But I think on that occasion, you know, as Charles called him his mate, kind of saved the referee's blushes. Should that not be encouraged, Charles, a bit of communication? And if one of the officials does make a mistake, as long as they eventually arrive at the, the, the sort of right call, is that not admirable? It's a right call. I think I, I think right to man it. Well, he, he won the tackle, he won the ball, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not a free mm-hmm. kick. I yeah. think it, you know a lot of referees would have given a free kick. I don't think it was a yellow card because he's won the ball. His momentum then takes him into the player, so it could have been a free kick, in which case it would be a free kick. And then I mean, not every challenge is a yellow card. Mm-hmm. But we have seen over the years... Um, referees giving penalties and then consulting with their assistant, which they're supposed to, because obviously they're all eared, uh, you know wired up and uh, mic'd up, and then they they go over to consult and he said, "No, listen, the guys win the ball, or it was outside the box, or whatever." Obviously, VAR will come in in the next couple of months, and I know VAR was there last mm-hmm. night, but you know the the fact is, I think it, it could have been given as a free kick, even though he wins the ball. But not a yellow. But, but not a yellow because there's no, uh, you know, intent. It's, it's not malicious. He's not endangering an opponent. It's not reckless. Uh, to me, it didn't cover any of the thresholds of a yellow card. Uh, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to dip my toe anyway. Uh, Charles, I take it you don't fear this Rangers team this season? No, absolutely not. Anybody that's a go at Rangers is going to success. They've got nothing in the middle. Sorry to talk about it. I'm not decrying their uh, talents at wide. I'm not decrying Tavernier's ability to put a ball in the box and uh, their abilities to get goals. Uh, they will get goals Rangers will get goals But if you see from middle to back I think they're honking uh, Honestly um, they've, they've gave away Barsi and Arebo Who were just holding that team together And, and now that anybody actually presses them And for what little uh, That team pressed them For what little Livy's pressed them They've had success Any team that actually presses Rangers Is going to have success this year uh, Marvin in your long Footballing career down south did you ever come across the technical term honking? <laughs> no, I didn't, but like, oh, I like oh, it, Charles. I'm always learning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, honking that was normally the fans <laughs> on the social media, the gym. Yeah. That's what they were saying to me. Um, no, I haven't, but listen. See, this was a constant education for you. Exactly. Knowledge is power. Um, you know, I wouldn't agree with that assessment from Charles, but listen, we're all entitled to our opinion. That's why we love the game of football. Um, but one thing I will say, you know, Charles said that Rangers didn't perform very well. If you're not performing very well and you're winning 3-0 at home, you know, I think then there is something to fear because if they do perform well, then Charles, what would you say the score would have been? Well, I'll say the context of the game has got a lot to do with it, Marvin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the strokes of luck and the, the, the penalty, uh, the, the battle of the referee, that the uh, Union sent, uh, they had a few chances, uh, and if they pressed Rangers actually a little more, they were unlucky. I yeah. think they were just, hang on, uh, Marvin, I thought they were really just starting to come into the game uh, when Rangers get a penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pro- in, in isolation, I think maybe uh, everyone would agree on that mm-hmm. that last point because yeah. it was it was their best mm-hmm. spell. Yeah, that was. But they, I mean, listen, anybody goes there, but you generally find that if after thirty minutes, if Rangers yeah. haven't scored, you then start to get a little bit of belief. You know, it doesn't matter what what level of team you're at, you start thinking, we oh, we're, we're, we're still in this game, and then you relax a little bit more, and you maybe have a little a couple of threats at goal. But 
nevertheless, football uh, is the, there are pivotal moments in the game, and that was the pivotal moment. There's no doubt because, as I said, in the second half, Rangers can come out relaxed, didn't need to rush it. The fans could stay calm, the player could stay calm, the manager had been calm in the dressing room. Go, you got 45 mm-hmm. minutes, you will definitely get two or three chances. Long yeah. we scored one of them, you know, we're in pole position. So everyone was relaxed. Whereas if they get it nil nil. It's like a, a different, different atmosphere guy, yeah. I mean I suppose You always need to be ready To take advantage of Whatever the opposition Does And, and you, you know, Obviously <laughs> you, you need to score the penalty And then you look at Tillman's Two things The first time you see The keeper What are you doing It's a nightmare yeah. from the keeper But it's also a heck of a leap yeah. For, I, I don't know if any of the statisticians Out there will <laughs> Produce the, the, the Standing jump Stats for <laughs> it But he seemed to be quite Up there and um, A Ronaldo-esque yeah, Header yeah. <laughs> and brave as well you have to be brave to go and do that but no Jim's totally right listen they score that goal on the, on the stroke of half time and the belief in that dressing room those players go in you know, that tunnel into the, into the home dressing room they've got a massive belief about them there's no need for the manager to go in and, and have the rally cry and everything else those players are buzzing to go out for the second half whereas the opposite end in the away dressing room those players are thinking wow you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes of this half, we need to be at it because the fans are going to be, you know, cheering mm. them along. Their players are going to be, their tails are going to be wagging. We could be in trouble here. And as Jim said again, you know, when they scored a second goal, I think Union knew it was game over for them. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. At least I know the word I'm going to use to describe Marvin Bartley's beat the pundit performance if it doesn't go to plan. <laughs> Honking. I'm going to write that one. I've not, I don't know if we've ever had that on the show before. That's a first for everything. So I like it. I like Charles's style uh, on that one. It's your chance to play beat the pundit. We know how seriously Marvin Bartley takes it. Jim Duffy, much more calm, composed, experienced campaigner. If you want to fire your num- your call in right now, 01419511025, and you need to do so before 7 o'clock. Four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy are here. It's 1025 If you want to join in, if you've missed the first hour, don't worry. I forgive you. You can catch up on the podcast. I'm sure you will. Uh, we've been discussing the game at Ibrox last night, as you might uh, expect. And uh, as usual on here, it's been a wide range of opinions. We've had James Tavernier being the best right back in Europe. And we've had Rangers were absolutely honking and it papered over the cracks and they only got through down to the referee. So you can you can subscribe to either of those or you can mm-hmm. meet us in the middle, 01419511025. Pick up your phone, get your calls in, and I'll speak to you after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. You know we like stats on this show. Here's the most worrying stat of all. In the 2022-23 season, we've played 12 games of Beat the Pundit. Mm. The pundits have won 11 of them mm. and have lost only once. I was here for that. You were here. It wasn't you yep. for the first time. It was uh, <laughs> Simon Donnelly. But every other night, every other game has ended with a victory to the pundits. That needs to change, Stuart. Surpri- surprised with Simon. He's, he's he was great last way. season. Yeah, he was good sharp. last season. Uh, Stuart in Glasgow, tonight's the night that changes, yes? Yes. Good. I, I like it. Just... Straight to the point, yeah. I could tell by the tone of his voice. Heads, it will be Jim Duffy. Tails, it will be Marvin Bartley. Yes, it's Marvin Bartley up against Stuart. Yes, that's a let's go, Stuart. Good luck. I was hoping for. Let's go. Uh, Let's give Marvin some clay too to listen to it so that he can't hear us, Stuart. 30 seconds, just answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know. It is that simple, okay? Yep. 
taken out a pen You've probably heard me spilling them all over the desk Right, 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now What national team does Rangers Malik Tillman play for? USA Who were the last side Celtic faced in a Champions League qualifier? Pass How many Scottish sides have played in a UEFA Cup final? Four Who earned more international caps? Kevin Thompson or Stephen Thompson? Kevin Thompson Name the only team Who's won the Scottish Championship Twice Okay okay Let's bring back Marvin Marvin can you hear us I can indeed Good Same set of questions To you then right 30 seconds on the clock And your time Starts Now What national team Does Rangers Malik Tillman Play for America who were the last side that Celtic faced in Champions League qualifiers? Pass. How many Scottish sides have played in a UEFA Cup final? Two. Who earned more international caps? Kevin Thompson or Stephen Thompson? Kevin Thompson. Name the only team to have won the Scottish Championship twice. Hibs. Uh, Jack Simpson joined Rangers from which English Bournemouth. side? And who was the last player in Scotland to score more than 20 Premiership goals in a season? Gary Hooper Hopeless uh, Stuart Wow What's the verdict? Nah I think he's beat me <laughs> I'm so too short pal I'll tell you what It wasn't a classic He's not going to disclose it yet It was uh, not exactly He gets very sound excited confident, this guy It wasn't a classic Malik Tillman plays for the USA You both got it uh, who were the last side Celtic faced in a Champions League qualifier tough it was Mitchelland oh. yeah I thought that was tough I must admit uh, so one all how many Scottish sides have played in a UEFA Cup final a sneaky one you're thinking specifically the UEFA Cup Celtic 03 Rangers 08 Dundee yeah, United 87 3 uh, who earned more international caps Kevin Thompson or Stephen Thompson you were both very sure it was Kevin I would have said Stephen. Stephen's got 13 more than Kevin what? does I would have said Stephen. he's awful <laughs> wow <laughs> Six, is it 1-1 one, one? 16 to 3 apparently I actually thought Kevin Thompson only had Maybe Kevin played three okay. full games and Stephen Thompson played 13 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, that's what I think it would have been. 16 to 3. <laughs> wow. Uh, you can tell him that next time you're yeah, on the, Tom, the you're television. Top player, mate. Uh, name the only team to have won the Scottish Championship twice. You both went Hibs. I think it was Hearts. And it's Hearts. Ah, I thought it was Hearts. Yeah. Oh, well, we're still one monster. Listen, we're in it together, pal. That's wishful thinking for yeah, the yeah. Uh, <sighs> Stuart's only problem is he ran out of questions. <laughs> Listen, I've won because I know Jack Simpson came from Bournemouth. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, he did. Uh, even more, I feel like deducting points for your last one was so bad. Odson Edward got 22 league goals. Just, I knew I'd won There's by that been point. been a few since Gary Hooper. Doesn't matter if you won 2 1 or 3 1. Yeah, exactly. One. Exactly. Papering over the cracks. Yep. A moment of so, madness. Some might sure. say. Honking, but you got it that done was in the end. Bad game, Stuart. But listen, mate, we both played. Both did really, really well. And I, I took the win. Hard lines, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst winner ever Him and Gordon DL fight it out To see who the least gracious winner can be Thanks for taking part Stuart Good man Cheers buddy No problem Cheers later yeah, mate. Ruined his night Hope you're happy 100% record that is And the temperature went up Definitely But listen I've won I'm cooling back down now How can it go up It's already got, 49 got degrees in here Yeah now it's 52 within, vines internally. of tomatoes mm-hmm. All over this <laughs> I think we're in serious trouble Between now and 8 o'clock yeah. It's that hot Yeah it's heating what's up going, What's going on
We'll lose some weight, it's fine. Oh man, right. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Get your tweets in or your calls in and let us know what's on your mind. Gavin's in Ballot. Hi, Gavin. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, no, I'm phoning up just in the back of Charles's phone call there about the referee and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I was at the game last night and that referee gave us nothing. The only thing that was overturned really was the James Sands tackle and it came for the linesman or he was sending Sands off. The referee the referee was honking, but he was honking against us. <laughs> you know, not in favour of us. Yeah, Marvin, you did say it. Look, I don't think anyone was trying to pretend he had a great game. Yeah. Either way, you you certainly felt that, didn't you? Yeah, no, listen, I totally agree with both um, Gavin and Charles, I think it was, who, who made the call. And I don't think the referee was, was great at all. And, you know, I think, when listen, I'm all for everyone, you know, having an opportunity, but I think the referee's probably out his depth, you know, and it's probably something you really need to look at because it does happen sometimes. And, you know, I think last night was definitely, you know, one of those occasions. But, listen, as, as a Scottish football fan, you know, forget about the referee. You know, Rangers have gone through. You know, let's talk about the positives from the game. Can't change the referee, what he's done. And, you know, Rangers are going through, mm. hopefully, to the to the Champions League now. So I think their fans should concentrate on that and just, you know, forget about the referee. I think I think that, uh, obviously, that, uh, Gavin, next time, Willie Collum or John Beaton's referee in the exactly. game, now you realise how good a referees we've got, Gavin. I was going to say, Gavin, you look at that last night. Look at last week. They even had VR. <laughs> Maybe our refs aren't as bad as we make them out oh. to be. Listen, I'm, I can't believe he's not been sent to the stand more than the he's already been. But uh, uh, no, I just think that you know we, we're always saying about our referees mm-hmm. and we criticise them, and particularly in the bigger games, always oh, should be you should be bringing referees from Europe and all these sort of things. Well, there's, there, there, there's, yep. there's a supposedly top class um, European referee, and uh, no one can uh, you know say that he had his best performance. So I think, uh, as I said to you, listen, it's, it's like it's like players. You don't always have the best game, and he certainly never had his best game last night. And talking about people berating people, asking about Marvin, it, it just it, something just formed in my head, and I hope this, I hope. It, the outcome is what I hope, what I think it's going to be. Were you playing the night that Jim Duffy and Neil Lennon did the square tango on the on the touchline? Yeah, and you talk about knowledge being power on this show. Um, was it your? They were offering each other a square go. Is that what's called square goal? Square goal. Square goal. <laughs> and I didn't know what it meant. So <laughs> right. I'm, I'm hearing Jim say, and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what's <laughs> happening there? And one of the boys had to tell me, but yeah, I, I was there and two very passionate managers I think it was a bad tackle on Jordan Foster I think it was yeah. just outside our dugout yeah. and uh, kudos to the yeah. slide tackle and it knocked him up in the air and yeah. because it was right next to the touchline in yeah. the dugout then, and it was near the end of the game as well it was yeah it's a good yeah. game though I enjoyed that game the, the, the innocence seen in Mary Hill yeah. you don't get ended in Mary Hill saying what is it is it a square go- goal nah, it's, yeah, just I, a square I, goal. it's just and, just, and also just it's just grass it. you certainly don't get at Mary Hill and, you, and, and Mary Hill <laughs> the first raffle prize is an alibi for a fortnight <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I learned a lot that night. It was it was good, and that's what made my love for Scottish football grow. Honestly. <laughs> Great tackle. You don't want to mess with this guy. <laughs> You'll learn that. You'll learn I realised that, that after that night. <laughs> um, Gavin, referee aside, what else did you make of it last night? Uh, I thought it was just typical. You know, obviously the first leg we were, we were abysmal, to be honest, but, you know, it was just Rangers doing what they'd done last season as well. You know, take teams back to Ibrooks and, and do what they do, but... I mean, we can't always rely on Ibrooks all the time. You know, we do have to up it. I understand that. But, you know, next week's going to be difficult. It will be, but there's nothing to say we can't do it. Yeah, I mean, Jim, the the, the two sides of it are so glaring. Um, 
And you can't really hold it against Rangers because it's it's not costing them yet. They've made it yeah. all the way to Europa League final. They're mm-hmm. still in the, the Champions League. But the the last the only away win in the entire of last season, including qualifiers, was Dortmund. What what a way to do it to get yeah. your only one. And then the home form is just mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw a stat today, I think it was um was it in the Athletic, I think something you know, played what was it, twenty They've played 32 home European games mm-hmm. since 2018 Won 22, drawn 6 and lost 4 mm-hmm. And that's, you know, including obviously Leipzig, Dortmund, uh, Red Star Who else, Sparta, even going back to Porto, Feyenoord You know, and, and that's before we even get to teams that Historically probably would have caused us problems anyway mm-hmm. Not not on you know, Scottish teams, I mean not massive names But you know, Rapid Vienna or yeah, um, I, th- I think under Steven Gerrard, Rangers seem to do Pretty well away from home as well, you know. In terms of keeping themselves, you know, uh, you know, in the tie. And as I said before, you have a different mindset. And and also, I think we'd, we'd have to get a wee bit arrogant. We are playing in Scotland, you know. And even regardless of whether it's a, a club the size of Rangers or not, you know, our league is not the strongest league in the world. So when we go away from home, you know, as long as we are going out there and competing and making it difficult for the opponent, we an opportunity to win the tie at home. And I don't think we should be too critical. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, I get it from Gavin's point of view. You know, when you come up against the bigger teams or the better teams, yeah, you have to be... But I think they are switched on when it comes to these type of games. I don't, I don't think they're letting teams run away from them because I think you do, you, you know, your focus and your, your attention to detail is a little bit more um, switched on, which gives you the opportunity to make the, those games competitive. But listen, you know, Rangers, particularly last year, getting all the way um, to the final... And then this year, you know, they've done the job they've had to do, which is, as I said, to get through on the tie. But, you know, the first thing they have to do next week against PSV is have a positive result. And if they can get a positive result, that'll give them the belief. And also, like any team, it gives you something to fight for and battle for and hang on to and puts all the pressure on their Dutch opponents. I mean, it's the obvious next step then, I guess, Marvin, to start trying to be a bit more convincing away from home that would be the obvious one staring them in the face yeah most definitely and I wonder if you know Jim and his coaching staff will look at maybe a tactical switch you know maybe do they go abroad too often and maybe set up with a more negative kind of mindset and concede a goal and then all of a sudden you're trying to you know flip that switch and maybe it's a bit too difficult maybe they need to you know go into those games and, and be slightly more attacking and adventurous because you know you're looking at domestically as Jim said there you know the Scottish League for Celtic and Rangers it's not the toughest league in the world for them you know how often do they have to defend, you know, when they're here? And, you know, trying to go into Europe and playing against better teams and thinking, right, we're going to sit and, and defend. Some of the players aren't used to doing that. So sometimes it's better, and you've, you've heard Ange speak about it, you know, across the city with Celtic, that they're going to play the same way. Because if you can perfect the way you play domestically in an attacking sense, and you can begin to do that in Europe, yes, you know, you might get, you know, a few bloody noses along the way. But long term, those players are going to improve as, as players and, you know, the away form will improve because they're used to playing that way. So maybe take a little bit more risks away from home. You might concede two, but you might score three. Uh, who impressed you, Gavin? Oh, Tillman. Tillman is just, you know, everything he does, he makes it look easy. You know, he's just, he's quality. So just let's hope he just builds on that and keeps going. The good thing about the start of a new season and new faces come in, you maybe don't know that much about them. Was he one that, you know, did the Livy players speak about that after the game, the impact he made? Was that something that you all noticed? Yeah, it was definitely something that we had noticed. Um, you know, he's coming on and taking the ball in real tight areas, you know, and he's a top, top player. I think he turned 20 in May. And, and it just shows, you know, in the Scottish League, some of the young players that, you know, 
are playing within this league is absolutely unbelievable. You've even seen, you know, Scottish players like Ferguson and obviously Hickey went abroad, etc. So people are looking at this league with a lot more respect. But for me, when he came on, he, he was really a game changer. I know, you know, Lawrence went wide right and played slightly narrower than... Uh, Wright was doing in the first half but Tillman for me changed the, the tie at Livingston definitely uh, Thank you very much that was Gavin in Ballot call 141951125 let's go to Brian in Lark Hall what's your point tonight Brian? Hi I hope you are all well Same uh, to you. thanks for letting me on Pleasure uh, Well the point I put to the producer was regarding the Dutch FA's decision to give PSV the, the opportunity of an 8 day rest between the league game not not the league game this weekend the league game the following weekend mm-hmm. and I've got a feeling that might backfire on them uh, I've also got a point about Gio if you'd like to come back in after that Just on that Brian because I, I saw that today and it was interesting because the response was kind of what you know what you would expect lots of fans saying ah you know the, the SFA the SPFL they would never do that for us but would you actually want it at this stage of the season, Brian, when you're trying to gel and get players up to speed and so on, would you actually want an additional rest at the moment? No, no. At, at this stage of the season, you're trying to find uh, fitness and sharpness. Uh, I felt last night, uh, compared to the week before, it was the contrast was unbelievable. Not in terms uh, the way we played the game, in terms of our fitness. Uh, last week, we you know, at times we were really, really struggling. You could tell that even in the television. Uh, last night, we, we seem to get stronger the longer the game went on. Uh, and I think uh, having a, a break eight days at this stage of the season, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't even think PSV will they'll take that break. I think they'll play. If they don't, it may backfire on them. Yeah, because Jim, you know all too well how many times have we had this debate yeah. on the show when our teams, if they do go deep into European competition, why are we not doing more and they should be given mm-hmm. a break? This can't. This isn't the same, is it? There's surely no one at Rangers would want no a, a week off at the moment. No, absolutely not. You know, you got a new group of players and you're you're trying to find a rhythm and you're trying to find um, systems and, and patterns of play that the players, you know, particularly new players, you know, become accustomed to. And the only way you can do it, you can listen, you can do it training all day long, as Marvin will let you know. But it's games that that really, uh, you know, get you up to that level much much quicker. Um, you know, and and again, as I said, um, you know the. Whether the Dutch FA or their, or their, their association, um, you know, they're giving them the option. And I think that's the thing, it's their option, so therefore it's up to PSV. I think, did, did the SPFL not do it for Rangers coming up to the, the, the cup final last year, the, the Europa League yeah, final? I think the Motherwell game get moved forward. Yeah, yeah they get moved yeah. or something like that. So, but listen, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, it's, the, the players would definitely want to play, absolutely. And means they've got a big squad. So, you know, the, 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 I don't think there's any issues there. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, as, uh, as, as, um, sorry, as Brian was saying there, um, players at this stage of the season, it's difficult because players are athletes. And normal athletes, we've just seen the Commonwealth Games here, they're asked to peak for events, specific events, but players are asked to peak very, very early. There's no way Rangers are anywhere near their peak yet, or any team, mm-hmm. Livingston, anyone, yeah. they're nowhere near their peak, but you have to perform at this moment in it's time. Yeah, but your levels of fitness, your levels of um, you know sharpness, your, as I said, your rhythm, your time, all these things will gradually improve over the next couple of months. Rangers probably won't reach their peak or any team until 
literally the turn of the year and then it's that second half of the season that's where the prizes are given out and that's the reason why the top teams reach their peak at the crucial moments Marvin would you want a rest if you were Rangers? No, no, I don't think PSV will take it either. I think, you know, as Jim was saying there, um, you know, it's far too early for, for wanting to rest if it's the end of the season. It's, it's totally different. But the, the players, as he's talking about, they want to be able to gel. You know, you want to do that in a 90-minute match and it's, you know, competitive rather than on the training pitch. Um, so I don't mm. think, you know, Rangers would even want it if it was offered. I think we can squeeze it in, Brian, your point about the manager. Yeah, uh, when he came in November, uh, I mean, when you lose your manager... At that stage of the season, after the first four or five months, it's difficult. And he obviously had to play with mainly Stevie's, uh, you know, team. Uh, very good players. You know, he, he, he's taking his time. Obviously, January, you know, the work we did there didn't particularly work. Uh, this particular uh, transfer, which is always the best one to work with, uh, you can see so... It, Slowly but surely, he's changing the team. And uh, as far as I was concerned, when, when he came up, you know, as a manager, he was my first choice, and I trust him implicitly. And he won't get everything right. You know, that's not the way football works. But uh, he's slowly changing the team, and I think they're becoming better. Well, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, that's for sure. You'll certainly be. Backed up in that assessment Brian if it goes well Against Eindhoven Thanks for taking the time 01419511025 Any fans of other teams Out there thinking Come on Let's talk about Something else That's fine You're more than welcome to If you want to change the topic Let us know what you've got for us Pick up the phone We'll speak to you next Taking your calls On Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy are here 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB and I'll throw one more piece of contact information at you whilst we're at it if you want to send a question in on the full time teaser full time at Clyde1.com that's what Jerry and Erskine did tonight to test the knowledge of Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy now, on the face of this quite easy but I think there's a few tricky ones in here so Jerry wants to know if you can name nine players who played in the English Premier League at the weekend and have played in Scottish top flight but not for Celtic or Rangers. So nine players who played in the English Premier League at the weekend. It's very relevant. They've played in Scotland's top flight but not for Celtic or Rangers. John McGinn. John McGinn. An easy one to kick us off. The new Aston Villa skipper. Well, it's not going well for them at the moment, is it? Nope. Hickey. Aaron Hickey, well done. Debut for Brentford. Andy Robertson And Andy Robertson We'll leave it there Three nice answers to kick us off See if we can get the other six Before the end Thanks to Jerry. And like I said It's full time At Clyde1.com If you want to hear your question Used like that On the show So let's go back to the phones John Is a Celtic fan in the East End What have you got for us tonight John? Uh, hi Gordon uh, German, um, Hello. Hi, John. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually on hearing to complain, but anyway, I don't oh. know. Is, but, that for, uh, is that business or pleasure, John? Uh, I was being in Dundee all day, I was after dinner last night, so I'm just on my way home. Um, well, I've stuck my foot in it then, haven't I? Sorry <laughs> to hear that, John. Um, what was your point tonight? Uh, my point is, um, obviously, seen in uh, social media this morning about this guy, is it Goliado? Uh, Collado, Alex Collado, yep. Yeah. So, um, I've personally never heard of him. Um, 
I don't know if he's maybe a, a bit player for Barcelona, but it just concerns me why we're looking at another winger. Because we don't need another winger. You know, we've got Jota, Abeda, uh, Abada, sorry, and we've Forrest is still there. And, Mikey you know, Johnson. I mean, there's a fair Johnson there, you go with another name. So I think there's more important positions. Mm. Yeah, what do you make of that? Alex Collado, um like to answer the question, he is a bit part player at Barcelona. There's no yeah, shame in that. They're yeah. quite a big club. Um, I think he's played twice, so maybe not even bit part really. Twenty three years old, sort of attacking mid or, or right winger. Apparently, a similar style to Jota. Um, is that an area you thought Celtic would look to address? No, it's not. But I think you know when you look at the Celtic squad and how strong it actually is, you could probably say to them, you know, do we need any more players at all? But I think as a manager, you're always trying to evolve. You're always trying to improve what you have. I think, you know, nobody can question Ange when it comes to signing players. You know, as you said, this player can apparently play in a number 10 position or he can play wide. Um, they lost Rogic. For me, they haven't replaced a like for like for him. I know O'Reilly plays a little bit higher, but out with that, you know, I'm not really sure what else they've got to offer in that position. So, listen, Ange's obviously seen the player. You know, he likes him. He thinks he'll improve the Celtic squad and potentially the, the starting eleven. And I think that's what football's about. There's a bit to be joined up here, Jim. First mm. of all, Celtic would need to... You know, maybe confirm interest, then go on to get the player. So I'm in danger of jumping the gun. But if this is, well, even if it's a genuine interest, what what does that say for James Forrest's future at Celtic? Well, you know, first and foremost, until the transfer window closes, Gordon, there's going to be a number of, of players, um, you know, rumoured to, to be going to, you know, a variety of clubs, particularly when it comes to Celtic and Rangers, you know, that's going to get, uh, gather the most publicity. But uh, from James Forrest's point of view, listen, he's been there, you know, he's one of the most decorated um, Celtic players ever. But it does seem, you know, from the outside looking in, as if, um, you know, he's going to get less and less. I mean, a lot less game time under Ange Postacoglu last year than I think he's ever had. Uh, I, I can't see that changing. The, the likes of Jota is an absolute stick on when he's fit. Abada seems to be the other guy. Obviously, you say that, you know, they've got Maida who can play wide. Um, 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 Kyogo can play wide. Um, so they've got so many players now that can play in these positions. Um, that uh, I, I would be surprised if if he, he, he you know he's more than a, a squad player now. Whether he will accept that, I know he's not that long signed a, a new deal, but That's whether he accept that or not is, is down to him. But uh, I just I just you know the way he plays, the intensity, the style he plays. Um, I just think he, he wants his own guys to do that, and that's that's what he's done since he's came in. And as as Marvin says, is, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any scope for criticism there because it seems to have worked very, very well. What positions do need prioritised then, John? What's more important if that's not one of them? Um, well, I think like Marvin said, is um, I know it's, it's, he can't. Exact, I don't even know if there is a player out there that you could say would be uh, somebody they could bring in and take over what Rogic did for the club. I'll tell you that for the side and like Marvin and, um, and Jim said as well and Ange we trust I mean everything he's done up to now is not too great so but no, I'm not I'm no criticising anything I'm just thinking like so why why another winger like Jim said if you go for it especially when I'm just signing a new deal as well uh, not that long ago definitely another midfielder Maybe even a defensive midfielder um, or somebody that could slot in, that could maybe play a slightly different position to allow maybe McGregor to maybe venture a bit further forward. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, is that what Idiguchi's there for? We've just never really seen a lot of him. I think Ian Postecoglou's already stated that that's not the type of player he likes in his team. He's not. He's not one for certain. You know, the the the, the guy that you know the mm. the guy just breaks the play up and sits in front of the two centre backs, uh, and 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 just kind of kind of plays a simple. He's not that. He doesn't like that type of player. I think he's he's he stated that in two or three occasions. So if he is going to sign a defensive player, he has to be more mobile rather than just the Marvin mm-hmm. Bartley type player who will mm-hmm. go Kick in there and sit. Yep. No, but no, seriously, you'll get you'll get guys who do yep. a really terrific job for a, in a style that suits that particular team. That type of player doesn't seem to be in Ange Postecoglou's style makeup. You go along with that. I'm taking it back about saying Angelo's what he's talking about because he's <laughs> hitting the nail on the head. No, I, listen, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I do. And kind of on the Forest front, it, it's been a difficult time. Obviously, you know, he's kind of had his injuries. Um, so, you know, maybe Angel's looking at it and saying, you know, how reliant and how fit will Forest be for this whole season? Also, you know, Celtic are hoping to fight on four fronts for the duration of, this, of the season, by the way. So you need a lot of players to rotate within that. You know, the game's coming thick and fast, you know, late stages of European football, you know, then you have league games and cup games in the mix as well. There's a lot of football to be played. So I think you need a big, bigger squad for it and he doesn't want to get caught short. Um on that, then, if we're talking about midfielders, this, the James McCarthy mm-hmm. one just keeps mm-hmm. that keeps kind of rumbling on. I know Ange Postecoglou went some way to, um, you know, pouring cold water and suggestions that he'll leave. But can you see any way that he features in, in a meaningful sense? I think if he leaves the club, it will be for his own accord. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. He's a, he's a player who's missed a lot of football, but you know, and it's been probably a little while now. But when fit, is a top top quality football mm-hmm. player. There's no doubt about it. Nobody can say when you know when he's fit and flying. He's not very good, you know. He's a top player for me, mm. but he needs to go out there and probably play more football. And he could potentially go into Celtic and say, "Listen, maybe a loan till January uh, could suit him." Just whilst we're on the topic of outgoings, Jim, I noticed a fairly strong rumor. If you like, look in the social media age, mm-hmm. these things can can certainly pick up um, a bit more momentum than they used to be able to. But Josip Juranovic seems to being linked with Chelsea and Man United today. Um, how much truth there is in that mm-hmm. from Celtic's end I guess we would find out in the coming days when we get the chance to speak to Ange Postacoglu um, is that one that you think should worry Celtic fans is he the type of player that might attract interest no I don't think Ange should worry them but I think there's a lot of else when you've got good players and the player that you know particularly as I said if they've done well um, over a concerted period of time and then in Europe if they do well then they're going to attract attention that's you know that, that's been the case over the last few years particularly in, in Celtic aspect recently with Rangers obviously they've had the likes of Patterson Bassey and uh, you know Aribo going but you know over, over the last whatever 10 years or so Celtic uh, you know, for the continuation of players that they've brought in uh, under the radar and then sold for a very healthy profit. So Juranovic might be, whether it's this time round or next year, who knows. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, Chelsea, you know, you, you know, like these clubs sometimes you look and say, well, I've got Rhys James, you know, they've yeah. got other you know, players, which Alabar, they've got a number of players. You tend to think they really need one, but, you know, they've just signed a, a £63 million left back when they already signed a £50 million left back in yep. Chilwell not that long ago. So, you know, that, you know, you, the, the, the kind of um, common sense factor mm. doesn't, doesn't come into it when it comes to these clubs. If they like someone and they think, um, you know, they, potentially they could bring them in because um, they've just signed the young boy from Aston Villa as well, and for 20, 20, yeah. 20 million. Yeah. So if they see him as a potential over the next three or four yeah. years and they can get him for. 10 yeah. million just now then that's nothing yeah. they'll go and it's do difficult, it it's difficult Marvin I mean already you think something then some sources in Croatia have sort of slapped it down and suggested it won't happen 
he he signed a five year deal, which yep. suggests Celtic knew that they needed to get a bit of a commitment in there, whether it was just to keep him for that time or to protect themselves should someone come along. Five year deal is fairly lengthy. I mean, he's twenty six, so he's not that young. Yeah. Um, what do you think? You've got to tell you he'll still be a Celtic player. Yeah, I hope so for the benefit of the league, as I always talk about, because I think he's a, he's a top player and it'd be a tough player for Celtic to replace. Um, but, you know, if these if these clubs, you're talking about the Chelsea's of this world, are really interested in him, it's very, very difficult for a player's head to not be turned. You know, I spoke about it earlier. If it's a top six team down in England and you're going to play European football, I think it'd be very, very difficult for Celtic if a bid was to come in. But again, as I said, you know, Andrew's got so many things right in the transfer market. He won't be caught short. You know, he'll have a replacement in mind. Will he be as good? You know, we won't know unless, you know, he moves on and he brings a player in. But there's no chance that Celtic don't have a, you know, a plan B just in case that transfer happens. Um, thank you very much to John uh, on his way back to the East End. 01419511025. I'll take one more guess each. We're looking for nine players who played in the English Premier League at the weekend and have played in the Scottish top flight, but not for either Celtic or Rangers. So guys like Andy Robertson, John McGinn, Aaron Hickey, who we can now add to that list. Scott McKenna. That's what I've got, Scott McKenna. Good shout, a debutante in the English Premier League. That's what I've got at the moment, Scott McKenna. Lyle Taylor, did he come on? No. No. I don't think so. I hope not. Because <laughs> he's oh, not on the list. I really hope we'll he did. We'll check that out. Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have a... <laughs> he's not on the list. Right, okay. That's all you need to know. But no, nah, I, don't, I don't think he did. But we'll double check it for you. Um, uh, let's bring in Laurie, who's a Celtic fan, on the line. A bit of discussion kicking off, Laurie, about you know ins and outs and... What needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen? What's your own take on it? Uh, firstly, good evening, panel. Hello. Uh, but my guess is that uh, we are uh, two uh, pieces of the, the, the jigsaw puzzle uh, left to be filled, uh, and that is the need for a ball-winning midfielder. Uh, I, I was baffled. I was absolutely uh, astonished when Celtic signed James McCarthy uh, last season. I don't doubt the guy's pedigree. He's played at the highest level, but what I found inconceivable was why they should offer a guy at 30 or 31 years of age a four-year contract. I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. I, it appears that he doesn't have a future at Celtic. I think the pace of the game seems to pass him by. Uh, that's one opinion about him. Iriguchi uh, is a ball winner. Uh, but I think even now there's, there's doubts about his, uh, his fitness. So I think the need is for Celtic to sign someone, especially in the European arena, uh, because it's all very well playing high tempo and uh, playing on the front foot and his answers, you know, we never stop running. I get all that and it's very attractive and entertaining to watch. But I think in Europe especially, where teams are very adept at hitting on the brick, we need somebody uh, that's a, a ball winner, uh, an anchor man uh, in the middle of the park. Another uh, piece of the jigsaw that I think needs to be filled is another striker uh, up front. I know that Dyson Maeda, very industrious, full of running, great energy, but I feel for all these attributes that and he'll never be a prolific scorer. For me, he lacks a wee bit of composure in front of goal. And I certainly think that if if there was an injury to Kyogo or Giannakis, they might be left a bit bare up front. The panel's thoughts? Let's start with the striking situation. Is that valid? I think that most top teams have four strikers so therefore if you're going by that concept yeah Celtic probably had a little bit light but whether they you know they, they can afford you know four top, stri- uh, top strikers is another matter you know I think Giamakis and uh, Furahashi has been uh, tremendous 
Uh, both had you know long spells out last year, injured, uh, but still managed to make um, you know outstanding contributions. Uh, I agree with Laurie in terms of Maeda. I think he is uh, a very industrious. Worked so hard. He's a real team player. Probably better suited in the wide area, um, and and we'll, and we'll chip in with a good number of goals. You, you know, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to have four or five prolific goal scorers in your squad. You know, you have to get a balance and get different styles. I mean, even Manchester City have just got one prolific goal mm-hmm. scorer in their ranks, and they're probably one of the the richest teams in the world football. So it's it's difficult to 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 do that. But yeah, I mean, if if you're really wanting nitpick, yeah, you'd maybe say that that if one of the, the those those um, I think domestically I think Celtic would be fine I think they'll cope with that yeah. domestically but in Europe uh, it, it might be a different a different case if um, Kyogo or Giamakis gets injured I'm always fascinated Marvin because I'll never have to worry about this about how you would how you would fit all that in and I know it's possible because it's always possible but does that not then have a knock on effect to the level of additional striker you can you can bring in yeah, look, we always try and talk up our game, right? We love yeah. doing that, but at the end, there there is a footballing food chain. Who, what what level of striker is going to want to come to Scotland to be third choice or fourth choice? And yeah, you can say that you're there to fight for your position, but realistically, um, listen, there's not going to be a, a great striker at all, and not one that Celtic should look at bringing in. Um, you know, I think if you look at the attacking areas, I I get what Laurie means, and you know he wants somebody slightly different, but to have four attackers playing for Celtic and I, I just can't see it. I just can't see somebody coming in and saying, oh, I'm happy to be fourth choice. I might get the odd European night. It's just not going to happen. I don't think it's feasible, you know, with the money that Celtic do have to play with to, to go in and bring another striker when they don't really need one. Yeah, well, I mean, they've, got, they've still got a Yeti still there yeah. who cost five million and still exactly. in the books and they've still, they've still got a good number of players are very, very top-heavy in terms of the squad, Laurie. I mean, Celtic, you know, are a business. Ultimately, mm-hmm. they're a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know they've got global uh, fans and, you know, you know, un- un- unbelievable support around the world, but... You can't just continually keep loading the squad. It's wasting Somewhere money, along the line, you have to you have to move, move those yeah. players out. And there's probably at least ten players at Celtic who are costing significant sums of money just now. And you know, they they, they have to be moved somewhere along the line mm. to create space and finance for other players. What do you think, Laurie? Well, I think that's perfectly true. But Jim's saying there. I mean, obviously, in any business situation, the books have to be balanced. Uh, a Yeti, uh, uh, is there, has there been any interest expressed in him? Uh, you know, that's uh, that's what I don't know. Uh, clearly, he has no future there at Parkhead. But I do take on board with, with Jim saying you just kind of keep buying and uh, bringing in players ad infinitum. Uh, you know, and 30 plus players uh, in the squad. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks, Laurie, that's for sure. My apologies, we're a bit late for this break and I quickly need to check in on these two to see if they've got any more for the teaser quickly. Uh, uh, Marvin might have, have Madison. James Madison, on loan at Aberdeen, yeah. plays for Leicester, yes. 3-4 to get, we'll get them next. Thanks again to Laurie. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on the home straight already. It's been another quick show in the company of Marvin Bartley and Jim Duffy. And they've still got a bit of work to do though on this full-time teaser. Big thanks to Jerry in Erskine who sent it in to fulltime at Clyde1.com. And I like it. It's topical, it's doable, but it's still a bit tricky in places. Nine players who played in the English Premier League at the weekend. They've played in the Scottish top flight, but not for Celtic or Rangers. So Andy Robertson's like the poster boy for that type of question. John McGinn probably not far behind him. 
Then you've got debutants like Scott McKenna and Aaron Hickey and James Madison, who was a lone player at Aberdeen, if you remember. I know, I know um, the West Ham keeper getting injured. Like Darren Randolph. No, he did not. No, I wasn't sure if he was still there. I don't know if he is still there. You know, I don't know if he is still there. Is he middle? Anyway, no, no. I just, I just, I just remember they get injured and something mm-hmm. went on, but I don't know who it was. Nope. Is, is there any keepers go- on there? Mm, is Tim Crow on there? Maybe. Was he full, full cup Premier League when Tim Crow went there? No. Tim Crow's not on the list. Peter okay. Smike. Uh, Peter Smike. Who was he called? Casper Smike. He's gone. But yeah, his went. But did he play before? He went, he left. If he didn't play, who played in his place? Oh, it was uh, Joe, no, Ward. Darren Ward, uh, yeah. Darren Ward. Danny. Danny. Is it Danny? He's in my dream he team He played well. for? Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Aye, Danny Ward. Danny Ward, we Aye. got there in the end. Danny Ward. Yeah. Three to get. I'm going to, not that this helps you in any way, just for yeah. my own amusement. One is the easy-ish, you should have, should have got, it's easier than Danny Ward, mm-hmm. and it's probably easier than James Madison, uh, but the last two are... Very tough. Can I have a guess at one of them? Dummit? No. Someone's going to need to double check that Dummit didn't play for Newcastle Mm. at the weekend. That's a great shout. He was a submarine? Yep. So the reason that one of them is a bit easier than the others for me is that he's Scottish. He's a Scotland international. You don't want this radio silence. No, you don't. That's not great. It is not. I'll just keep talking. It's the thing we just can't fill. It's all the clues. It's one of the clues. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Okay. Have you noticed who's not with us tonight? Yeah, where is he? Producer Callum. Who do you think he is? Oh, Dundee United, second leg tomorrow. He's gone. He's on the flight. He's away. Yeah. Weird though, because the game's obviously in Alkmaar. He told me he had Mm -hmm. some business to take care of in Amsterdam first. Oh, yeah. Um, Stuff Teddy. Didn't ask too many questions, but he said he was going to Amsterdam (laughs) for the night. He he is, you know, quite a tourist. He probably likes the cafes here. I think he likes the cafes. Something about window shopping. Window shopping. We'll move on. I don't want to. Shop when he's not here. But I think he's spending the night in Amsterdam first. Nice. I saw him. Do you know the weird thing is? I bumped into him over at Clydebank Shopping Centre. He was exchanging a suspiciously high amount of euros for a couple of days' trip. As far, I mean, because you'll have paid for his ticket already. Yeah. Hotel mean? be paid for. You don't get a Bovril over and. and, and What's he using cash for? Sure. A Dutch Bovril. A waffle. Um, Clearly, somebody doesn't want to use his car. Was, he was. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, listen, we'll find out when he's yeah. back. Maybe we should call him on tomorrow night's show. FaceTime? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. I mean, it doesn't really work on radio. But I know, but we'll... you could load up social media. Yeah. You're a man of the world. <laughs> okay, one step at a time. We can't even get the aircon to work in here in case you can't notice. Let's take one step at a time. But yeah, maybe we'll call him on tomorrow night's show, see how he's getting on. On a more serious mm. note, what a night it's going to be for Ooh. Dundee United. And yeah. like, we all, I think most of Scottish football will get behind it as well. It's, yeah. it's going to be a huge Unless you're a Dundee fan. Ah, no, that's why I said most. <laughs> you know massive, where your allegiances lie, yeah. Jim Duffy, but... Um, Big occasion, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and they probably need a reaction. Uh, you know, after Sunday, would they probably do need a reaction? Um, I actually spoke to Tony Watt after the game. Uh, the, actually, the Monday because he wasn't happy with me on the Sunday. But you know, he said the boys were massively looking forward to it. Um, you know, what a great occasion it's going to be for them, and they thoroughly believe they can go there and, and, and get a win, not just get a draw to go through. They think they can win the game, and as he said, you know, for Scottish football, that'd be absolutely fantastic. You know, we've already got you know Celtic Rangers and Hearts who are going to be in Europe for sure. If we can get Dundee United as well, you know, four out of twelve teams, you know, that takes some mm. going. Just quickly, what did you do to upset Tony Watt? We beat them on Sunday, didn't we? Oh, just that, yeah. yeah. Oh, I and, thought you know he was, done he was something. It, no, he was diving around and stuff, so a few words might have been exchanged. But listen, oh. we're all friends now, and you know, 
It happens football. 90 minutes after that, you're all buddies. Does, does Tony have baby shin pads or just refuses to yeah, wear them? But I want to see what is underneath there. Because they can't be anything of any great size. I know. Yeah. I would have loved that. The miser would have lit up. That's what I thought. I thought, I thought that's, that, that's just like two bullseyes. Like two bulls yeah, it's like two bulls eyes <laughs> in front of the year. Exactly. I mean, Honestly. I'll target those. Yeah, game one. I was going to say the cultured players will be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When Wilson <laughs> and DL, I'm not sure that's the right description <laughs> either. Um, but you, you two, you, you're the hatchet men uh, of the, the Super Scoreboard that. team. No, don't, listen, Tony's a terrific footballer. For, for I'm just saying nowadays referees are very pernicky about a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. you just think. He does, yeah, he does wear his, his socks with his ankle. See, o- old school, but... Never let it be yeah. said that we don't get to the cutting edge stories of Scottish football. <laughs> what size are Tony Watt's shin pads? Um, but Jim, mm. the thing about last week was it was a great result, but mm. totally deserved as well. Yeah. I think that was the bit that made a lot of people sit up and take notice. You have to assume it will be a good bit trickier tomorrow. Yeah, and also it shows in the, the stereotypical views we've said this many times in the programme about the style of Scottish football. You know, too many times we get a label of long ball and physical and, you know, they, they, these labels keep getting thrown out time after time, particularly by European opponents. The goal that Dundee United scored was nothing short of sensational, exquisite. You know, it was a total footballing goal. You know, pass along the floor, little reverse pass into Middleton, opened his body up and bent it into the far corner. It was an outstanding goal at any level of football. So to win it with that quality as well, I think elevated, you know, the, the performance as well in, in, in the game. But you're right. I mean, I mean the atmosphere at Tannadice was electric. Um, it was back to the, the you know, the... the the halcyon days, but uh, you know they have to have a another big performance and probably more of a rear guard performance. And, and, and Jack Ross tactically will have to get it right because he knows that uh, Altmar are going to be after them. You know, and 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 the East team are going to have to withstand probably some serious pressure. Yeah, and it shows you how the confirmation bias can kick in because there were comments from Altmar about how Dundee United were physical and were direct, mm-hmm. and it was. Who cares? But, but, no, but they weren't though. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what's strange about it though. But it shows you how people happens. get that. This is what happens in football now, doesn't it? You know, I'm sure people have saw Johnny Lundstrom's um, Instagram from yesterday and they felt disrespected going into their game. And Dundee United players will be the same. And listen, if you're Jack Ross, not that he needs any help from me, you're saying to him, remember what they said about you. Remember what they don't like. Yeah. Go and actually do it. You know, go and actually play up to Fletcher. Go and get physical and get in and around them. And as long as you're within the laws of the game, you know, go and do what you need to do to win a game of football because I've got no time for teams complaining that somebody's too physical. You did say at the start, though, you felt it was something that Look, Celtic and Rangers have had to get used to it over the years, but you felt Dundee United would struggle at the weekend with the Thursday Sunday stuff. Livy took advantage to now go and you know bounce back and kind of do that again. Is that is that already come into the thinking for Jack Ross? He he's actually spoken, I'm sure, about finding it really eye opening when he was at Hibs as to how yeah. tough it can be. And that's why I was so surprised with the the kind of lack of changes that Dundee United made at the weekend because it is so so difficult, especially you know when players are new to doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know when they brought on, you know, a couple of wingers, um, injected a fresh bit of kind of pace into them and boys who were, you know, fresh and hadn't played that much against Alkmaar at all. So, yeah, you know, but I think going into this game, listen, fatigue's not going to be one of the things on their mind. They're going to be excited. You know, they're going into an atmosphere and into a European game that some of them haven't done before um, away from home. So, you know, the fatigue problem won't be for them on Thursday. But again, on the Sunday, I think Jack Ross would have learned from last Sunday and change it up. Yeah, no, I just think that, uh, you know, you'll get it here. You know, you, you're a team of Livingston maybe play, you know, 
you know, Rangers or Celtic, whatever happens to be, the performance levels are, you know, really up there. And then you go to play St. Johnson and say for Toxic next game, you keep the same team because yep. the boys have done terrific, deserve to get the, the same nod, and you've get just like it looks as if they're wearing someone else's jersey. Mm-hmm. You can't work it out. So you've always had dilemma as a manager, as a coach, you know, do you change it? Ha- has that, you know, more uh, kind of emotional um you know, uh, desire or stress is that still there? So you, you sometimes got to change it. And I, I was, I was the same as Marvin. I was a wee bit surprised it didn't change. Maybe four or five, um, just to give that wee bit more impetus in the game and mm. throw down the gauntlet to the other players as well. We say, listen, you want to be part of this game coming up against Altmar next week. Here's your chance. Uh, so I think it, it, it would have benefited both ways. Take nothing away from the performance from, from um, Livingston, particularly big Joe Newbley up front who terrorised uh, the defence. But I don't see Altmar playing that style of player um, uh, 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 next weekend. I think they're United week, physical. Imagine they played against Livy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> complaints going all over. It's the, the Marvin Bartley derby on Saturday. <laughs> Livy Hibs. It is. Allegiance is pushed to one side. They'll win at all costs. For sure. Oh, everybody knows that. You know, sure. Even Hibs fans say that. I'm absolutely sure of it. No doubt. I, I, I live at home. Yep. Yep. We're at home. So. Advantage Astro Let's go (laughs) Use every advantage you can Let's see what sort of advantage You can come up with on this teaser Because you've got a few to get Jerry and Erskine Thank you again for sending it in To fulltime At Clyde1.com Nine players Who played in the English Premier League At the weekend That's just passed And they've played in the Scottish top flight But not for Celtic Or Rangers Andy Robertson Scott McKenna John McGinn Aaron Hickey James Madison and Danny Ward, which means you've got three to get. I said one was a bit easier than the other two. Well, why not? I don't know if he, if he played. I know, I know he was injured before, but James MacArthur? No. No. Longstar. Okay. Oh, that, that's, uh, was, I think that's, that's, that's too good for Aberdeen, you. Aberdeen, yeah. Oh, no, 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 see. Was it Sean? It's Sean. Sean Longstaff. Oh, well, I was going, I just said Longstaff. I was at Aberdeen yeah. as well. So, <laughs> so there you are. Yeah. So you've got it right. So well, that's, that's fine. They're yeah. brothers, of course, Matty and Sean. Matty, Matty was Aberdeen Sean played He didn't play yeah. the weekend Sean did And was at Kelly a few years ago So really? there you go Well Nothing better than when you get it by accident Yeah exactly um, What about the Scottish I know, one? I know this one Doherty Yeah Spurs that and Hibs Hibs yeah Remember that Matt Doherty No Very brief spell at Hibs in 2012 <laughs> Not many people no, Thought that, he would have no, ended up no, at Spurs no, He was You've got, you've got the easiest one of the three The Scottish one He's a Scottish Yeah you're saying it's easy Because you've got it in front of him He's a Scott look It's <laughs> easier <laughs> than Sean Longstaff or Matt so is Doherty it, If they played for another uh, Armstrong Southampton but No he played, No He's going to play for Celtic but he was, uh, Yeah that's what I'm saying If it's Dundee United No 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 right. sure, no. But he's a Scotland now. international Oh you said, you've not said that yet I did uh, But oh. <laughs> There's maybe a little bit of Dubai to the You know what Will, where, where will Stevie Clark get... call him up again? All right. Oh, Fraser! Ryan, Ryan Fraser. Fraser. There we go. Thank you to Marvin and Jim. Thanks for all your calls and tweets. Another lively show with a wide range of opinions on display. We're back for more fun tomorrow with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. So make sure you join us. Callum Gallagher's up next.